Chapter 1 1814 The last days of December The road to Loch Scotland Margaret moved deeper into the forest. The air was colder here, but she sensed the chill rather than felt it. Such was the nature of dreams, and she knew she dreamed. The path she followed was not easy. The forest floor was deep with damp, rotting leaves. The roots of ancient trees threatened to trip her. Heavy, gnarled limbs loomed overhead, as if reaching out to claw her back. She carried a short sword in her hand. She had come to battle the McNachton. She knew they were close. She did not know what to expect. A faint green light appeared just around the curve in the path. Margaret paused. She tightened her hold on the sword. The time of reckoning had arrived. She must not lose her courage. She stepped forward, the fear in her heart pounding in her ears. At the bend in the road was a huge tree, an oak, with a trunk wider than the span of a man's arms. She paused, knowing that her enemy was about to be revealed, and then the heavens opened. Rain poured down, rain that changed to falling corpses, dead, lifeless bodies, falling upon her from the oak's mighty branches. Lady Margaret Chatton came awake with a gasp. She had raised her hands above her head, as if she could ward off the bodies, and she held them there, waiting, waiting for nothing. For a long second, she stared around the confines of the rolling coach, needing a moment to recognize her surroundings, to realize she was safe. Confused, stunned by the horror of the dream, and more than slightly embarrassed, she lowered her arms. Are you all right, my lady? Margaret turned toward the speaker, her Abigail Smith, who had been hired especially for this trip. Smith was a prim, self-contained sort, who wasn't any more certain of her new employer than Margaret was of her. For most of the trip, she'd sat on the coach seat facing Margaret's. She'd always had a piece of needlework close at hand, and an air of judgment on her round face. She was knitting now. Her needles hadn't even paused as she made her inquiry. It was almost as if she assumed Margaret would exhibit extreme behavior. I had a dream, Margaret answered, in a voice that encouraged no inquiries. Smith had replaced Higgins, who had been Margaret's closest confidant. She and Higgins had been together for over ten years. Higgins had recently married one of the household footmen and was now expecting. Therefore, she was unable to accompany Margaret on this trip. If Higgins had been here, Margaret could have told her about the dream. Higgins had never sold information or gossiped, which had made her worth her weight in gold. Smith was different. The woman was gallingly curious about Margaret's every action, and Margaret knew she annoyed the maid by being so tight-lipped about their purpose in Scotland. Margaret sat up on the tufted velvet seat and lifted the flap over the coach window, needing to assure herself they were on a mountain road and not in the forest of her dream. Winter had finally arrived in the Highlands. Over the past two grey and dismal days of travelling, they had encountered light snow, sleet, rain, and, for one rare moment, the sun, proving what everyone claimed about the unpredictability of Scottish weather to be quite true. Both she and Smith wore heavy woollen dresses and cloaks. They each had a fur-lined lap blanket over their knees, and neither had taken off her gloves. Smith even wore them as she knitted. The wind seemed to whip at the window. 
At this particular juncture of the winding mountain road, there were no trees to stop it, no gnarled limbs or rotting leaves. As far as Margaret could tell, they seemed to be the only living creatures in the world. There were no crofters' huts, or a herd of sheep wandering over the rocky moorland, or a bird in the cloud-laden sky. She let the flap fall back over the window. Thomas says we should reach Loch Orr before nightfall. She tried to keep her voice nonchalant, to hide the doubt and uneasiness inside her. The task that lay ahead called for a warrior, not a confused, pampered miss who didn't feel she had any purpose in her life and was all too aware of her miserable failings. But she couldn't let any of that show. She never could. After all, she was Lady Margaret Chatton. Society thought her perfect, complete, whole.